Let's have the scripture reading now. Hear the word of the Lord from Exodus 20, verse 7. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will leave unpun anyone unpunished who misuses his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, yeah, this is scripture Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, so we're going through the Ten Commandments. Um, the Ten Commandments answer the following question. How do Christians live? What does Jesus want us to do? So we went through commandment one, which was, you shall have no other gods besides God. We went through commandment two, which is you shall not make idols. And we're in commandment three. You might have uh, heard the old school, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, this translation says, do not misuse the name of the Lord, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who mis misuses his name. Now, if the Lord going to punish people who misuse his name, we should probably understand what that means, yes? I think we should. Now, have you ever heard somebody say to you, keep my name out your mouth? Yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. He's like, I heard, I said that yesterday. All right, you know, <laughs> I know how to say that to people. Keep my name out your mouth. If you don't know what keep my name out your mouth means, it means this. You've been saying stuff about me that's not true. You've been telling people stuff about me or what I said or what I did that is not true. So you need to stop. Keep my name at your mouth. So, so listen, the world brought us translation. Is the Lord saying, keep my name at your mouth. What he's saying is don't, don't say things about me that are not true. Yeah? Another way of saying it is, is saying, be careful not to miss. Be careful not to misrepresent the Lord. Don't misrepresent the Lord. That is what he is saying. Now, let's ask Jesus to help us understand this. Jesus, would you help us to understand your word? Would you, would you uh, speak your word directly into our hearts? Would you, would you go into the hidden areas, maybe of sin, of unbelief, and would you, would you remove that and put, and put faith and obedience? Would you help us to see the relevance of your scripture? Because it's eternally relevant. It's profitable. Lord, help us to understand and obey. Today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's get into it. We need to understand what does it mean to misuse the name of the Lord your God. So according to this book I read on the Ten Commandments, it said the Hebrew verb isn't just talking of speech. The Hebrew word is to take up, carry, or bear. So let's, let's back up for a minute. God made humanity in his image. So it says in Genesis 1. He made us in his image to reflect who he is. So in a very real sense, we all bear or carry his name. We have this imprint of his character. And the idea is that we are supposed to reflect who he is. So, so, so humanity at its best strives towards goodness, truth, and beauty. That's humanity at its best. And the question there is, well, who is that supposed to point to? The source of goodness, the standard for truth, the one who is most beautiful. We're supposed to be pointing to him. Now, listen, listen, when we don't reflect 
what God has created us to be is not just an issue for us personally. We are misrepresenting the one who created us. Now, I've been on this kick where uh, I've been watching Undercover Boss. It's a real interesting show, okay? So before God calls his people his own, so we bear his name at all times. Right, right. So, so, so God has placed his name. If you're a Christian, God has placed his name on you. And you don't just bear his name on Sunday or when you're feeling spiritual in the morning. You bear his name the whole day. Now, listen, a lot of times in uh, Undercover Boss, they have uh, fran- franchisees. So there's, there's, a, there's a franchiser. He has a he has a brand or something. And then somebody invests and they and they and they take that brand and they make a business out of it. And so the company has procedures. The reason the company has procedures is they want the employees to accurately represent them because their name is on the uniform, right? So, so look, if I own Subway and, and you making Chick-fil-A sandwiches, like, that's not what we do here. It's Subway, eat fresh, you feel me? Like, that, that's not, you're not accurately representing who I am. Now, one of the interesting things is the things that will make the boss break his cover, an undercover boss, the thing that will make him most frustrated is when the employees are doing something that represents the name of his company. And he'll just break the whole show. Hold up now. Wait a minute. Listen. Listen. We don't do that here. You're supposed to represent me. You got my name on your uniform, and my name is on the front of the store. And the way you are acting is misrepresenting me. See, bosses get frustrated when the franchisees are not following the regulations. They are afraid that they will be misrepresented. To the customer. And in a very real sense, that that business bears the name of the franchise. And how that business operates is a reflection of the one who owns and or created that franchise. And the scripture says that if you call on Christ, his name is written on your heart through the Holy Spirit. He says that he is our father. That we are his children. Now, my kids, the, la- the last name is Broads. Why? Because they my kids. The- my name is on them. You feel me? And if you see my kids acting crazy in the grocery store, you're going to be like, why can't Will get his kids together? They bear my name in a very real sense. In Revelation 22, 4, it's just talking about, about when, when Christ comes back, it says the, his people, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. He said, I'm going to make sure everybody knows that you belong to me. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The implication is, if you call on the name of Jesus, what you do, how you live, what you say, bears some sort of, 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 it gives a picture of who God is. You see what I'm saying? We belong to him, and we represent him. And when we speak and act in ways contrary to his name, we misrepresent him. I remember one time, I was looking for a new cell phone company, right? So I was calling, asking for different prices. I called this one company who will remain nameless for now. And I was calling them, and I was like, how much is your stuff, right? You know, like, how much is it? Because I'm trying to get a good deal, you feel me? And so they was telling me of the price, and, and then I said, well, thank you. Bye. Basically, thank you. I, I'm going to compare. And the person said, why did you call if you wasn't going to buy nothing? I said, what? <laughs> I said, I'm trying to 
got to compare prices. He said, well, don't call if you're not going to buy that. Now, listen, I don't care if the price was a check. I was like, I ain't getting that one. <laughs> Every time the commercial for that cell phone company, I'm like, I remember when I called them. I ain't messing with them. Even if their price might be better. I don't got time for be, to be disrespected on the phone. Listen, listen, listen. That person misrepresented their company. And because they misrepresented their company, I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with you. How do you think Jesus feels when Christians misrepresent him? The fact of the matter is, my issue with the company didn't actually have anything to do with the founder or the CEO. It had to do with one of the representatives. And one of the representatives was rude and disrespected me. And I thought, well, maybe that's how y'all be over there. Maybe that's how y'all act. So listen, when we speak and act in ways that misrepresent Jesus, yet call on his name, what are people around us thinking? Hey, that's my, he, must, he must be like that. Oh, let's turn it another way. How do you feel when somebody misrepresents you? I've been in conversations and they say, well, somebody said, you said, I'm like, I did not say that. That is wrong. I, then I'm mad. I'm like, hey, 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 listen, listen. You told him I said that, but I didn't even say that. What are you doing? Y'all, you understand that when you are misrepresented, that, that something rises up in you. This, this idea of self-defense. No, that's not, that's not my character. So in the same way, when we call on God, we act in ways that are contrary to his word. How do you think he feels? Now, wait a minute. That's not, that's not me. That's not what I would say. That's not how I act. And this helps us understand why there would be some punishment attached to misusing God's name. Yeah? Telling lies about God by how we speak or live is a big deal. See, listen, the more influential someone is, the more the consequences of the mis misrepresentation. And the more influential someone if you misrepresent, so if I'm an ambassador, Say I'm an ambassador to America, and I go to some country, and I just start wilding out, talking about y'all, y'all punks, y'all can't fight us, we got a bigger army, what you gonna do about it? They're gonna be like, well, we got to go to war. The fact of the matter is that I was if I was representing somebody who had power, notoriety, my misrepresentation of them has a deeper and more long-term uh, impact. Now, 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 if we say we're representing God, the one who is all-powerful, and eternal, his consequences are real and serious. In fact, it is an assault on his character. The reality is you cannot hurt the eternal and infinite God, but you can seek to assassinate his character. And a misrepresentation of, of the Lord can have eternal consequences. If, if, if we say that, that Jesus offers eternal life and forgiveness, that he shows grace and peace, and that, that that is indispensable, that people need that for their eternal well-being. And then we go and speak and act in a way that doesn't, doesn't represent that. We are endangering that person eternally. We have to be careful not to put stumbling blocks in front of people who need to be near to God for life and peace. Do you see why this is a big deal? And it's more than just saying a cuss word, right? It's more than just saying his name when you stub your toe. The fact of the matter is that you bear his name. If you call on him, you bear his name at all times. 
And what you do affects how people perceive him. So let's just, let's just let's get to how, how, what are the ways we can misuse the name of the Lord. We can misuse the name of the Lord when we use God as a cover for wickedness. All right? So there's some examples, right? Some could use the name of the Lord as a tool to get money. You ever heard somebody do that before? You get that miracle watch. Okay, man, don't, don't buy that. It's just from the saints, okay? In Acts 8, Acts 8, there's this magician named Simon. And he was watching as the apostles were preaching and they were praying for people. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was coming on people. And it says, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, so that anyone I lay hands on may receive the Spirit. What he's saying is, let me monetize this thing. You got you laying hands on people and stuff happening. Let me get that too. And I, you know, I can make a little quick buck. Listen, that is misrepresenting his name. The one who gives freely. The one who, who charges nothing. The one who paid your price of redemption and didn't ask you for anything. That misrepresents him. Some can abuse the position that they have in the name of the Lord to abuse others. A good example of that is King David. King David, he's the king. He's the anointed one, the chosen one. And there's a time when his army is out to battle and he sees a woman. And for some reason, he's watching her take a shower. It's all kind of sketched from the beginning. And he's like, well, bring her over here. Now, listen, what's she supposed to say to the king, to the one who has power, to the Lord's anointed? He used his power and he used his position that the Lord gave him to abuse somebody. Did he not misuse the name of the Lord? You see the serious consequences here? And some just use the grace of God as an excuse for sin. And listen, the apostles prophesied this will happen. Jude is one of Jesus' brothers. He says, for some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Master. Translation is, they're saying, hey, God shows grace, so do what you want. It don't matter. Like, look, look you, I know you, you was about to do that thing. It's okay. God will show you grace. He's saying they're turning the grace of God into sensuality. They're turning the grace of God into, into an excuse to do whatever they want, regardless of if Jesus likes it or not. And he said, what, what Jude said is those people, the people who do that, they are destined for destruction. That's a misuse of grace. In Romans 6, Apostle Paul says, says if Shall we sin because grace abounds? Shall we sin because there's a lot of grace? The next thing he says is, by no means. No. That's a misusage of the name of the Lord. You see, we can misuse the name of the Lord by teaching falsely about God and his word. There are lots of warnings about false teachers in the scripture. So what, this is what Peter says. He says, there are indeed false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, and will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved ways, and the way of truth will be maligned because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with made-up stories. Their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle. Their destruction does not sleep. So when, when, when people teach things that are contrary 
to what is written in wisdom. This is not a mystery. We have the text of the scriptures. When people are teaching things contrary to what the scriptures are, ta- are teaching, they are misusing the Lord's name. And the Lord does not think lightly of that. That is a significant and big deal. And then we'll get to the one that you know. We can misuse the name of the Lord, and we use his name to curse or swear. You know, the, 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 uh, the night before Jesus was crucified, he looked at Peter, and he said, yo, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Before, before morning hits here, you're, de- you're going to deny me. He's like, oh, man, not me. I'll never do that. I'll die. You know, he's getting all excited and stuff. It comes apart, a point in the text where people are like, they're, they're looking at him. Jesus is, is on trial, and Peter's kind of lurking in the shadows. And they're like, don't, ain't you, wasn't you with him? You sound like, y'all, y'all speak similar. Weren't, weren't, you, weren't you with him? This, and then the Bible says, he says, then Peter started to curse and to swear an oath. I don't know him. I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Let me, let me give you a, a very clear translation. They said, Peter, do you know Jesus? And he said, I swear to God, I don't know God. I swear, I don't, I don't know. That's misusage, right? Uh, now, now, a term that I hear a lot is, have you ever heard somebody say something? They'd be like, on God. Like, look, they'd be like, I'm better than you on God. What they're saying is, I swear to God, I'm better than you. On God, we, that, that is a mis- misusage. We use his name. Jesus said, listen, if you, want, if, if you can't convince somebody just by letting your yes be yes and your no be no, then your carriage is jacked up anyway. Just, just, if you just can't say it and they believe it, then, then you, ain't, you can't use God to make it more believable. And then we have the Pharisees, and they can, they can use God's name as a tool to put people down. Jesus says in Matthew 23, 4, he says, they tie up heavy loads, the Pharisees, that are heavy to carry, put them on people's shoulders, but themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move. It's like they're going, you sinning, you sinning, you sinning, you sinning, everybody's sinning, but, but me, I'm good. Like, what do I do? I don't know, you a sinner, you suck. You know, like, <laughs> like it's just putting heavy burdens on people and not lifting a finger to help them. That is a misusage. So, so we, we misuse the name of the Lord when we call on him and we act and speak in ways that don't represent him. We misuse the name of the Lord when we say things about him that are not true. And we misuse the name of the Lord when we use his, his name as a, as a way to, 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 to swear or, 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 to, or a way to cl- say, I promise, I promise. No, no, no. Your character should say yes or no. But there is a proper way to use his name, though. If there's a misuse, then the implication is there's a right one, right? If I say, don't misuse scissors, don't throw scissors. But you can't cut stuff with scissors. Don't throw them. I was watching The Office the other day. Y'all saw him cut it? He cut it all kind of messed up. Listen, there's a misusage, but there is a right usage. So what is the right usage? Listen, we use his name properly when we teach true doctrine, true statements about him. That's how we use his name properly. Apostle Paul, when, when he's, about to, he's, he's, about to, he's about to die, is really what's going, going to happen. And he's giving a speech to pastors that he trained. And what he says is this. He says, therefore, I declare to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. 
What he's saying is, listen, I said what he wanted me to say, and I didn't leave nothing out. The part you liked, the part you didn't like, every part of the text of the scripture, I told you about it. Therefore, I'm innocent. Listen, God is honored when we tell others accurately about what his word says. Beloved, that's why we stick to the scriptures. That's that's why we go through books of the Bible. I'm like, I I don't want to be guilty. I don't want to misrepresent him. So we better go to the text and understand what he's saying. We have these, these, these small groups in our church called growth groups. They're built around engaging the biblical text. But why? Because I want us to know what God has said. That we're not just making stuff up or saying what makes us feel good, but we have seen in his word where he was. Beloved, we have to teach about God, the Father, the Creator, Jesus, his Son, our Redeemer, and God, the Holy Spirit, our Sanctifier. We must speak clearly and accurately about him to, to use his name properly. We also use his name properly when we call on him in prayer. Look, God delights when when we call his name. In Psalm 50, it says, offer a thanksgiving sacrifice to God. Pay your vows to the most high. This is what God says. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will rescue you and you will honor me. He's saying, listen, if you're in trouble, call on me because I'm here. If you need something, call on me. I've been getting more free. Sometimes I feel bad about praying for stuff. Like, I'm like, am I supposed to? I kind of want that. I need that. But, but maybe I'm supposed to be praying about somebody else. But I've got some freedom lately. Lord, I, that's what I want. You said call on you. I, I need this. Can you help me? And he's not going, why are you going to ask me? You know, he said, that's what I want you to do. Call on me when you need me. That's how to use his name properly. Jesus teaches us that the Father is glorified when we ask for his help in times of need. He says in John, he says, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Why? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He's saying, listen, if you need something, if you are struggling, if you are in danger, that's when you use my name. That's when you call on me properly, and I will draw near to you. We got to call on him at all. I don't know about you, but I need help a lot. I don't need help just every day. I need help every day. I just need a lot of help, okay? I'm broken. I'm jacked up. It's all day, but like, Lord, help me. Somebody say something, I know how to respond. Lord, help me. I just need him. Lord, I, man, I tell you, in my mind all day, what runs in my mind is, Lord, have mercy. I, I need you. I need you. I don't know how to do this. I need you. And beloved, that's the proper usage. He delights in that. And he'll draw near to that. And finally, y'all, we use his name properly when we speak and act in the way that he directs us. Apostle Peter says, 1 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wondrous light. Translation is this. God chose you, set you apart, so that when people look at you, they go, oh, snap. God is good. That when they would look at you, they go, God shows mercy like that. God loves like that. That would represent him correctly. We are to reflect the goodness of the grace of God, to live a life of gratitude that honors the Lord, a life seeking to obey him, honors him. Now, here's here's the reality. As I studied it, as I preached it, and as you heard it, if you honest with yourself, you're like, man, there have been times when my behind did not use the name of the Lord right. Can we be real? Can we be real? There have been times when I was tripping. Well, what am I going to do? Beloved, that's when we look to Jesus. 
As with every single commandment, Jesus fully obeyed this commandment. The fact of the matter is that Jesus Christ represented the Father with 100% accuracy. Jesus could say, he said, truly I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. I can't say that, but Jesus Christ can say that. I've, I've accurately I've accurately represented him at every point of my life. And then, listen, there's this point in time where his disciples are saying, listen, can you just show us God the Father? You've been talking about him a lot. Can we see him? And Jesus says, have I been among you all this time and you don't know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. He said, I, I so accurately represent him that if you see me, you would have already seen him. He spoke what was true about the Father. He lived holy and righteous. And I, we know this to be the case because when he was baptized, the Father said what? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He did this because he is the eternal Son of God. Look, Hebrews 1.3, it says the Son, not, the, not S-U-N, S-O-N, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. Translation, the Son is full of God. Apostle John just gets to it in John 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Come on, Jesus. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Listen, we deny the name of God. So the Son of God came from heaven to earth to honor the name of God in our place. And beloved, that's why he died. He died on the cross. He was punished. For our misusage of the name of the Lord. He was punished when we don't represent him. He was punished when we say false stuff about him. We, he was punished when we use his name to swear. That's why he is on that cross. There's nothing wrong, no iniquity, no sin, no ounce of God in him whatsoever. Romans 15.3 is it's Jesus, it's about Jesus says, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. What is he talking about? Listen, listen, we have already understood that sin is a mischaracterization, a misrepresentation of God. Another way to, to think about it is sin, sin is almost as if you're insulting God. I say this to the students all the time. Why does sin matter so much? It's like if you came to me and you said, can you give me advice? And I gave you, let's say it's pretty good advice. And you looked at me and you said, that's stupid. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to feel some kind of way. Beloved, that's what we do with God. We look at his word and do something else. And the consequences of our sin landed on Jesus Christ on the cross. Our misusage of the, of the name of God. The consequences that were reserved for that fell on Jesus. And he rose again. And listen, y'all, he not mad about it. He's not like, I had to do this for y'all. No, he, he offers us forgiveness. He offers us life. And because he represented God, and he offers us forgiveness, we can be assured that when we call on his name, he doesn't go, you sinner, you misused my name. All of that's true. We are sinners, and we did misuse the name, but Jesus died in our place. And his righteousness, his perfect righteousness, is applied to us. We can go to God boldly and call on his name, even though we've insulted him by our sin, because Jesus has stood in our place. What do we do with this? 
One thing I want to encourage you about. We talk about one way to honor him is to tell the truth about him. Well, in order to tell the truth about him, you need to learn about him, yeah? You can't just be making stuff up. That's why it's so important that, that we understand biblical doctrine. If we want to accurately honor the man he is, we must know who he is and what he has done. So, brother, my encouragement to you is that you would pay attention to the text of the scriptures, that you would get in the scriptures yourself. My encouragement to you is that when somebody is explaining God's word and preaching, that you would listen attentively because you're thinking, I want to honor God. I want to know what's right. I don't want to just be saying random stuff. I want to say what the word says. I'm encouraging one more, one more thing. Now, listen, I'm, I'm, I need to keep looking. When, when I started the church, what I used to do is I used to give people books so that they could read and get prepared. I realized real quick that people don't like to read books, okay? But y'all, y'all better read books, okay? <laughs> listen, people right now are getting discipled by, like, really small TikTok, like, like clips. They just, and they, 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 so that's how they get disciples, thinking, that, thinking they got what they need. No, beloved, you need to dedicate some time to study God's word. You need to get a good theology book. You need to listen to a podcast, something, because you want to accurately represent him. That means you got to put some work in. The reason that we want to understand doctrine rightly is because the right understanding of doctrine leads us to holy living. Fundamentally, the, the centerpiece of doctrine is Jesus Christ. Him dying for our sins, his love. And beloved, when we focus on his love, that leads us to loving obedience. We look at Christ, we look at what the scriptures teach about him, because the spirit uses that to change our hearts so that people who didn't honor the name of the Lord begin to honor him. Jesus Christ is Lord. So may God help us to honor Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word that, that you haven't um, you haven't left us guessing. You haven't left us guessing about what you who you are, what you said, or what you call us to do, but you've laid it out clear. And Jesus, we just want to say thank you for forgiving us when we misuse your name by our words and by our actions. I praise you that you died on the cross in our place that we could receive forgiveness and love, that we could know we belong to you. And Lord, because we acknowledge you as Lord, we ask you that when we leave this place, would you help us to tell the truth about you by what we say and do? Would you help us do good so that others may glorify you? We're not going to do it perfect, but Lord, would you help us? Because we want to honor you. Because you have been so good.